We are very excited about today's show, but before we begin, we have Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. I want to talk about what I think is one of the most exciting things we've ever done at Pageant Planet, and that is launching the Pageant Planet Box, which is a monthly subscription that is changing the game for Pageant Girls. It's a monthly subscription package delivers right to your door with all sorts of pageant goodies inside. Awesome. Can you give us a snapshot of, um, you know, what is in a traditional box? I know it changes from every month, but, you know, give us a sample of what's in it. Yeah, that's the fun part, right? You never know what's going to be in your pageant box that month. Um, but I do know that this past month, there were mink eyelashes in the box, which is a huge, huge cost savings because I know my mink lashes were like $45 a pop. So to get them in this box is a huge bargain because it's only 29 bucks a month. Um, cute hats, t-shirts, accessories, cutting edge makeup products that you um, are going to get a sneak peek of before they go on our shop. So it's really exciting and it's always a fun surprise. Awesome. And like with our box, is it just goodies or does it come with any kind of coaching elements, like anything like that? Yeah, each month we also send promos to our box subscribers. I know this past month we had coaching sessions with Heather Habura. She's a great pageant coach. We had a free session with Heather. And you also get the virtual coaching membership through the Pageant Planet. So I'm sure you've heard me talk about it. It's written correspondence unlimited for an entire month or the entire length of your subscription. So it's wardrobe reviews, headshot reviews, paperwork reviews, all that good stuff rolled into one. And uh, like I said, it's only 29 bucks for a month that's crazy uh, and like how much is the i mean traditional coaching that you get through the coat that you get through the box subscription how much would that cost if they did it separate so um, with any pageant coach, because again, it's not always going to be Heather, probably will change here and there. So that value itself, that free coaching session, you're probably looking between $30 to $50 value there. And the virtual coaching membership for Pageant Planet is $19 alone. So you are totally getting a steal, not even including all those awesome products. Okay, so they get free coaching right when they sign up. And, yes. and then when does the boxes ship out each month? The boxes usually ship out around the 15th of the month. So again, you're, like you said, your coaching starts the day you sign up. And then uh, two weeks later, you have a fabulous package on your doorstep. Well, up to two weeks later, I guess, depending upon when you sign up. But so many great benefits. And you can even give it as a gift, too. Um, so if you have a pageant girl's like a, exists, a reigning title holder or a pageant director, it's a really, really fun gift to give. It's great. So unlimited coaching, you get like a box with the fun stuff each month, and it only costs you 29 bucks. That's a pretty inexpensive way to, to train, have fun competing at your pageant. Oh, absolutely. And it's free shipping every month. So the 29 bucks really goes directly to all the good stuff. Okay. And where do they go to place their order? They can place their order at pageantplanet.com backslash box. Awesome. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome everyone to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we're going to discuss five reasons you're making a bad first impression without even saying a word. So Jesse, set the stage for us. All right. I want to drop some stats on this topic for Stephen because Harvard communication studies are all over first impressions and it takes only seven seconds for you to make a first impression on someone else. And it takes him seven more times to meet you 
to change that first impression. That is how powerful a first impression can be. Wow. Yes. Think about that. And then only 7% of all first impressions are based on the words you say. So that's 93% based on your nonverbals, based on your appearance, um, and based on your body language. So it is so, 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 can I say so again, important for you to nail that first impression. Wow. So I'm kind of curious about the study, right? Before we dive into some of the questions about like, what are these five? I mean, Mm -hmm. Does it tap into, I mean, is it energy, how you look, and just body language? Or is like energy even a factoring? Or, or did they not even reveal that? Yeah, so um, a couple numbers, and I didn't add these up, so just bear with me here. So 55% is visual. It's how you look, how you dress, how you stand, how you shake your, how you shake hands, how you make eye contact, personal appearance. So that's 55%. is how you sound, um, and only, like I said, 7% is the words you say. So there's a bunch of other percentage that remain in there that are based, again, on nonverbals. Which makes sense, like how you sound. If you're stumbling over your words or you're mumbling, you're Mm -hmm. not projecting your voice, you don't have great posture, then it just shows, like, I mean, lack of confidence or whatever, right? Exactly. And And then they have to meet you seven more times, and you've got to consistently, for those seven more times, prove their initial first impression wrong for them to actually change you. Oh, for sure. And think about that in a good job interview type standpoint. Mm -hmm. First of all, if they don't have a good first impression of you, you're probably not getting a second interview. But that's a long time to finally convince them. You don't get that opportunity in any job interview, especially pageant interviews. Yeah. I mean, and that's, yeah, you're not even going to get a second look. So that's, um, yeah, that's powerful. And even as much as we don't like to say it, when a pageant director meets you in orientation for the first time, you know, and if the judges have a question about you to the pageant director, you know, the pageant director could very easy give off some nonverbals or do something that triggers in the pageant coach's mind, this isn't the right girl for the job. Oh, absolutely. And that actually leads us perfectly into the first of the five we're going to talk about today. Uh, And that first one is missing deadlines. And granted, again, many pageants, that's the director, that's the admin staff, the judges may never get to know that. However, being in the industry, I'm hearing more and more about pageants are sharing this information with their judges or like, so maybe it's just a small dot in the corner of their paperwork when they're delivering it saying, okay, this girl was not on time. I mean, can can you imagine the red flag that would get if you were applying for a job and you did not follow directions or you were not um, paying attention to detail of what the requirements were as a whole? I mean, I'd be mortified. Yeah. I mean, I I must confess that, uh, well, we hold all of our job interviews over a conference line. And the reason why we do that is I want to make sure did the girl give herself enough time to call in to the conference line mm-hmm. and be right on time? There's, when you're calling into a line, there's no reason why you should even be one minute late. But if somebody's one minute late, I'm like, okay. I mean, it's an annoyance. But if you're five minute late, five minutes late, you don't get the job. I don't care like how good oh, your interview is. Like, yeah. um, and so, and that's just one of the things that I use to weed someone out. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just one guy, but yeah. I have a feeling that a lot of other um, CEOs, et cetera, are very similar to that. Yeah. And I mean, it's just your director is essentially like your future boss. I always, we always say like pageant contestants, like 
the director is technically working for you, but during pageant time, you are working to get that job. So you need to impress them. You need to show them that you're prepared and you're ready. And um, when you're not following deadlines and not following directions, it leaves no room for error because say you submit your paperwork in advance and you're like, studying up on it one day and you see a typo and like, Oh my gosh, I can't let the judges see this. If you go ahead of schedule, you can contact the director and say, Hey, listen, I just noticed a typo. I'm ahead of deadline. Would you mind if I swapped it out? Hmm. Usually they'll give you that kind of leeway. But if you are right up against the clock or you're on the deadline or after the deadline, fat chance, are they going to make that up for you? Yeah, and I don't buy that. Like you do your best work under pressure, like when you're stressed out and you're you're sprinting to the finish line. I, I'd never bought that, but um, th- I heard it. I heard a preacher actually say once, and I really liked it. He said, um, it, "In life, you have to leave room for error." Something you just mm-hmm. said. He's like, you know, that's why you have a savings account. You know, just in case an error happens in your car or your dishwasher or whatever. And he was like, and also in your time, you got to leave room for air just in case you hit traffic or something unexpected happens, such as like what you said, grammatical air or mm-hmm. one of those things. So um, how do you set or how do you suggest that the contestants avoid like maybe turning in something last minute or if they're constantly running behind or constantly turning in things late? It, do you have any tips to help them avoid that? Yeah, I will. First of all, I will say being late is a habit of optimistic people because we always think we have more time than we actually do. So we want to, I totally appreciate the optimism and the positive outlook on life, but don't get into this trap. And the way I would say to avoid it is set your deadlines for a week in advance. And that way, if again, you are the type of person that claims that you work best by a deadline, when you see that week alert pop up, adhere to that date and then you're a week in, week in advance. So you need to go ahead. Like remember when before like people had cell phones and they only had real clocks and watches and you could set your clock 10 minutes ahead. And that way you were always running 10 minutes ahead instead of being right on time. That's kind of your fix for this kind of situation. <laughs> That's great. Okay. What's uh, what's point number two? Yeah, point number two is um, right along these lines. It's careless mistakes. Um, and we just hit on one of them. Um, especially for like your paperwork, because so often you're giving paperwork in advance. And like when I'm judging a contestant and I see a typo, I immediately circle that typo or that error. And to me, it just said they were rushing. They didn't buy their time correctly. They didn't go through proper channels to double and triple check. Um, so it's a, it's a big problem for me. What about you? Yeah, it's the same. I mean, again, you're not going to hand in a job rep- uh, resume with errors on it. And if you do, you're not going to get the job, you know, and how important is this job to you? I've read paperwork where the girl put down the wrong title that she was competing for. So it was just like, wow. I mean, you're not even proof. You're not even taking this thing Uh serious. So yeah, my, for myself, my, my grammar isn't the best. Um, like when I'm, when I'm writing, um, I make those silly errors uh, sometimes with putting there versus there, or whatever. So we have mm-hmm. Amanda that edits a lot of my stuff when I'm disciplined enough to send it to her, right? <laughs> so she'll edit it. Sometimes I'm just impatient. I'm like, whatever, I'll send it out. I've, I've read it out loud. It's fine. And then, dot, doggone it, I see that error again. So, I mean, with me, if I was applying to get a job for myself, I probably wouldn't get the job for myself. That's why I had to mm-hmm. create my own company because I don't know how employable <laughs> I am. Um, but with 
with the girls who are looking to win the titles, you've got to, if you're not good at um, grammar and, you know, surprise, no one is great at editing their own stuff. Have someone else that you can trust, like, I don't know, maybe our VC membership, which costs $19 a month, unlimited coaching, or if you do it with the box, you get it, the box, uh, you get it for free, and you could send us your paperwork. We will check it for grammar errors and send it back to you, and you can do that unlimited times. So, yeah. Yeah, the reason, the reason we, that we, I'm talking we is in like, all of us, the reason we are so bad at catching our own grammatical errors or typos is because when we are reading our own paperwork, we know what we're going to say. So we're not looking for surprises. We're looking like, okay, this is what I wanted to say. It looks great. So you're not as paying as close of attention to detail. One thing I was told is if you read your stuff backwards, um, that's a way to heighten your senses. So you're not glossing over like you would otherwise. Um, that's a quick way. And then the, I'll tell you a quick story. And I'm, I, I like, I'm still mortified to this day about it is my dream was to be a uh, journalist for a website called the knot.com, which is a wedding website. When I was living in New York city, I wanted to be a columnist. It was like my dream. And I wrote my cover letter and I had written a template cover letter that said X company. Cause I was just filling it in. I was updating it per company. Guess who submitted to her dream job X company oh, because I didn't pay attention to that detail. And okay. you better believe, I'm sure I was tossed out as quickly as possible. Again, I didn't have anyone proofread it. Yeah. Like that would have been a no brainer. And I know it's like a silly, if you're applying to 20 jobs, it's kind of a pain in the butt to have somebody read over 20 documents. But think about that. I lost a dream opportunity because I didn't pay attention and it happens so much for pageant contestants. It's worth the time to double and triple check. And that's really the best way to avoid it. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, we've all had those things. So we, we've, we've completely all had those things. Um, all right. So what is the third reason um, that girls are making a bad first impression without even saying a word? How is yeah. this? So I kind of feel like a broken record on this next one because I do feel like it comes up in almost every podcast, but you know, it's that important that it needs to be said every single week. And that's ill fitting clothing. Uh. Yeah, uh, and I and the problem and the reason it comes up every week is I say it every week and I still get submissions from VIPs or people that want us to review their their clothing choices that have bad tailoring, and it drives me nuts because you can control it. So, <sighs> it's true. Ugh. You can take, take a it <laughs> yeah, take it from me, please. I mean, you can take a fifteen dollar dress and you can look like a million bucks in it if it's oh, properly yeah. tailored. Versus you could have a $5,000 dress and if it's like loose fitting on you in areas where it should not be, you just don't look like a million bucks. And so the thing is a good tailor is worth his or her weight in gold. I mean, because they can make you look amazing. And not only that, when you look in the mirror and you have an outfit that hugs you the way that it should, you feel better about yourself. And that takes us all the way back up to the initial study that you just shared. So like when you feel better about yourself, you're going to have better posture. You're going to speak with more confidence, more boldness, and you're going to be more attract, uh, attractive to people when they first meet you. So you're going to have a better first impression, which is going to help the likelihood that you're going to win a crown. And tailoring is not that expensive. It's really <laughs> not. I mean, I, I get my suits tailored like from, I mean, basically top to bottom, they take the measurements, everything. And it costs at most $150. And suits are 
like suits are the most challenging thing to tailor, right, Stephen? Yeah, yeah, completely. They so, have to like totally take it apart. Yeah, they have to take it apart, and then it's. I, I don't know all the like logistics, but I just knew they take a lot of um, measurements and I don't know. So, and there's like a few layers in there too. It's not just right. the, um, like where they're doing a shirt, but I mean, even some of my shorts, I get tailored, um, you know, if they fit me weird, but I really like the shorts. I was like, oh man, he's fit me weird, but I just got him tailored and like, oh, okay. Now I love them and now I can wear them yeah. all the time. So it's not terribly expensive and it's, like I said, it's going to do, it's weight in gold for your, your confidence. How do you, how does one, because anything that you're doing on the very first time can be a bit intimidating. So yes. um, if you're not used to going to a tailor, even looking one up, how would they find this and how do they just avoid basically having loose fitting clothing? Yeah. So I will say in the defense of all pageant girls listening they all know, and Stephen, I'm sure you know, because you've competed in fitness competitions and Renata's competed in pageants. So I'm sure you've heard this, but weight does fluctuate when you arrive on site for a pageant week. If So if you're at a pageant that's longer than a, a couple of days, because you're, you're at their mercy with the food, you're not in your typical diet routine. So I get that your weight fluctuates here and there for sure. I've seen it happen like in the flesh. So you need to talk with your tailor or your seamstress in advance. Bring your entire wardrobe in and say, this is everything I need done and ask them, when is the absolute last day I can bring it in? And that way you're as close as possible to your actual pageant weight, shape, fit, et cetera, because you need to do it as close as possible. So make that great relationship and, and tailors are a great opportunity for you to create business relationships with because seamstresses, tailors, they're kind of a lost art. So they want all of the publicity that they can possibly get that they're trustworthy. So if you are already a local or a state title holder competing for a larger pageant, go in and say, hey, I would love to promote you. Would you be willing to give me a discount on this? Or maybe if I refer someone else, would you consider a discount? So it is worth the investment and be creative if you feel like it's not room in your budget. But I said last time, Play into the thought that you have to get things tailored when you're making your clothing budget and prepare for it. Yeah. And, and also this is, it's not directly related, but this is the importance of also to working with a personal trainer because he or she can curtail your diet so that your weight doesn't fluctuate dramatically. Um, they, they, in essence, help you create an eating plan when you're there at the pageant so you don't shrivel up or inflate out depending on like how much water, sodium, whatever that you have. Um, and it's just one of the other tools in the arsenal that the girls that do really well for their pageant, they have in their tool belt. I mean, they're working with somebody fashion, somebody with their body. And so they look their best. They feel their best. Um, also, if you don't know where to go for a tailor, uh, of course you can Google it, but also ask your local, um, pageant retailer if you don't know who your local pageant mm -hmm. re retailer is we have a directory on pageant planet just go under directory click retailers type in your zip code and the one nearest you will pop up just contact them and say like do you guys do tailoring or if not can you recommend someone and if they don't do it in-house they can certainly recommend someone yeah absolutely true great tip great Okay, so what's the fourth reason why girls are making a bad first impression without even saying a word? Yeah, the next one was 
called out specifically in that Harvard communication study that we were referring to at the beginning of the podcast, and it's no eye contact. This is one of the most common items of feedback I give when I am doing coaching sessions or mock interviews. And I mean, it's, I always like, I love hearing this. Um, I love thinking about the stat I heard years ago. It's, we are not afraid to look at other people. We are afraid to be looked at. And that's why we divert our gaze because we get uncomfortable when we're being looked at and that's what causes people to look away. But no eye contact is such a point dropper in pageant interview because it appears hesitant. It lacks connection. Can I trust you? Are you comfortable? Because all of those things are so important for a title holder and eye contact communicates all of that. I've I've never heard that quote before. I really like it. We're not afraid mm-hmm. to look at someone else in the eyes. We're in essence afraid to have them look in ours. Well, not even looking in the eyes. It's just looking in, like, I mean, how awkward is it when you're looking at someone and they look at you and you immediately look away? We don't have no qualms about looking <laughs> yeah. at them. And then as soon as they catch our attention, they see that we're looking at them. We don't want to look at them anymore, right? I mean, it's a natural instinct for us to look away. Oh my gosh, so it's, yeah. Totally. So that's really what it's all about. It's so true. Well, and I do that at the gym. Like I'm like looking at someone and it's like, there's zero things happening in my mind. I'm just looking in their direction and then they look at my way and I'm like, Oh crap, caught. I've been caught. (laughs) I mean, it could be a 50 year old man like on the treadmill and I'm just like looking at something on his shirt caught my attention or I'm just like, and they see me. I'm like, Oh, busted. And I'm like, wait, why did I jump away so fast? Like what what is it? It's the real life um, analogy of liking someone, you're stalking somebody on Instagram, rolling through like months of photos and you accidentally like something. <laughs> that is the equation. You're like, oh my gosh, you try to unlike it before the notification pops up for them and like the notification totally popped up. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Yeah, it's like, oh crap, delete, backspace, day. Oh, oh gosh, we are, I mean, but that's the thing. We all think that we're so unique. Mm-hmm. Right, but we are so much more alike than we are different. Yeah, you know, those little idiosyncrasies that we all share. I mean, it's hilarious when you start to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so what? What's some of the okay? Appears hesitant, lacks connection. But the the other thing inside the interview room. I mean, what happens with you when you're judging a pageant and a girl can't look you in the eye? Well, it just doesn't. I can't create a moment with with that person. And it's a make or break. If, if you're not connecting with the judge in interview, your score is going to reflect it because yes, they're judging the content. Yes. They're judging your delivery. They're also judging how they relate to you as a person. And if you're not having that moment of eye contact, especially in a one-on-one interview, they're not going to bump your score. They're not going to feel like they know you. They're not going to feel like they like had this hallelujah moment when they, when you sit down. So it's, it's one of the most uncomfortable things to teach people, but it is so, so important. Um, not just in pageantry, but every aspect of your life. And there's one little tip that I give people to use it to improve. And I ask them to take a post-it note and I have them stick it right next to the camera on their computer or their iPad when they're doing their session with me or if they're practicing on their mirror. And instead of looking at me, that bright post-it note just has to draw their eye and I want them to lock in. And that way we get used to staring at one spot because when you get in front of interview, you can just look in the middle of their forehead. You need to look at their eyes. They'll think you're looking at their eyes. But if it's a matter of like staying focused and and keeping your eyes in one place, the post-it note trick works tremendously. Highly recommend. 
Yeah. I think I've said this story before. I, I'll say it again. But um, Renata and I, we were at a personal development conference. And uh, one of the exercises that we had to do was we had to go around and at random, uh, they put us all up in the line and basically they just told us when to stop. And we had to stare a complete stranger in the eyes for 60 seconds. And wow. it was like, and you, I mean, you're just, you're not allowed. I mean, you have to just be with that uncomfortable feeling of just staring somebody that you don't even know. And they, they tell you how close you have to be and you have to just stare at them in the eyes. And it was a really powerful exercise and about like, you just feel like you've known that person like at the end of it. So mm-hmm. I, I would encourage anyone listening to do that exercise just, you know, with a close friend or something like that. You don't have to go forehead to forehead, but just stand in close proximity and just look at each other in the eyes, like really just look without looking away, just look at them in the eyes and set a time, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, whatever, and share your thoughts. Like it, it is, it, it's a really powerful um, exercise. And so something I do when I, I've heard from girls like when I was dating pre Renata, obviously, but that I would sometimes have a death stare. It was like, <laughs> it was just like, cause I would just be listening to what they say and I would just like focus in. Right. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to listen to what they were saying. And I'd just stare them straight in the eye. Like and one girl was like, you're making me uncomfortable. Can you just like look away? <laughs> so I came up with this thing too, where I do, um, if I start to realize that I'm like staring in, then I'll do like a, left eye, right eye, left eye, right eye, and I'll bounce back and forth. <laughs> or then, or some I'll do, I'll do left eye, right eye, chin, left eye, right eye, chin. And so I just keep mm-hmm. my eyes still on the face, but for the, for the purpose of the communicator, uh, I don't, I don't want them to feel like I'm giving them a death stare. So, um, just, yeah, you, you got to find what works for you, but certainly looking people in the eye, it, it does wonders for that first impression. And I will even say like something else. I I am also very intense and I have a death stare because my, my friend told me she's very superstitious. So I always like, she always rubs off her superstition on me. But when you cheers, Steven, I might've told you this too. When you cheer someone, you have to look them in the eye or else it's bad luck. It's like, it's one of many bad luck cheers things. Like if you don't take a drink after you cheers, it's also bad luck or you can't cheers with water. I mean, I can go on and on about bad luck cheers, but anyway, so Kevin and I would cheers and he'd be like, you can't, you have to stop looking at me so intently afterwards. Like I always, I'm like, look me in the eye. And he said, I look like a death stare. So now like he is scared to look me in the eye after we cheers. So again, there is an art to the eye contact. Soft is best, but it's just think about more. You're just having a casual conversation with someone. So let your guard down and practice that eye contact, stay focused. Because what is it? Like if you look up into the left, you're thinking up into the right, you're not telling the truth. Most judges are aware of that. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Okay. Um, all right. What's the fifth reason why girls are making a bad first impression without ever saying a word? Okay. So I'm going to go back to paperwork because it's such a big component. Um, so most of the time judges get paperwork in advance, but oftentimes they don't as well. Um, so regardless, they have minutes if they get it in advance, but if they get it immediately, they have seconds to review it. So having a lack of focus within your paperwork is a total issue with first impressions. So if they have to like take out like 
a shovel to dig out the information from your paperwork, it's not going to work in your favor. So it's like, don't distract them with information or irrelevant info. It's just a really bad first impression because the good stuff is getting lost. Yeah, completely. And some of this is not the judge's fault. I mean, directors will give it to them last moment. I know that like I've had paperwork handed to me, like a binder, like, Hey, here's all the contestants. I'm like, awesome i guess and it's like one-on-one so i either have to choose to look at the information on it or just look at the girl and just ask her like preset questions and if that information if you pull it up and it's a mini like nicholas sparks novel Mm -hmm. there's no way i can even find any dissectable information to ask you an intelligent question which Mm -hmm. is going to reduce the probability that you're going to be memorable to me when you're saying right. girl after girl after girl. So, yeah, bite-sized chunks, and you want those chunks to really stick out, mm-hmm. um, have a lot of flair, have a lot of memorability to them. For sure. And I say, like, if you if there's a category like interesting facts, don't use full sentences. Use fragments with semicolons to separate it. That way, they're not, like, they don't have to actually read it. They just have to look down. They see something, it sparks their interest, and they retain it, or they ask you a question from it. With questions that require more sentence structure, really cap it off at three sentences maximum and focus on the specifics. It's again, it's you're not writing an essay contest. It's you have to make an impression. You have to spark an interest and you have to lead them to ask you questions. So you don't want to answer all the questions on paper because you still want to have something to talk about them with. Yeah. It's you're on a date in essence, right? You're mm-hmm. dating that judge for 30 seconds, whatever. Um, and just like when you go on a, a, on a real date, you're not necessarily going down and saying, here's my life story you got to leave some things up to the imagination or you got to leave some up to the next conversation. So you want to (laughs) lead them on a little bit, right? So that they continue to be interested. Exactly. That's totally it. And we, we've had many a podcast about paperwork and it's just so important. You're just, you just need to engage them and you just need to intrigue them. And that's your goal of paperwork. And if you are throwing the kitchen sink at them in writing, it's it's just challenging for them to decipher, sift through and do their job as a judge. So make their job easy and it will go a long way and they'll be excited to sit down in front of you instead of, oh boy, like life story about to hit me. They're looking forward to hearing about you because they can't wait to hear more. Completely. So how do you avoid this? lack of focus in your paperwork. Yeah, so the most important thing to do when you're preparing for your paperwork is to define your goal in that interview or I guess essentially what is your brand and every single item on your paperwork needs to serve it. So um, I think one example we used was if awards and honors. If you were the presidential fitness award winner in high school and you're now a senior in college, you probably don't want to put that on there because it takes focus away from, say, four semesters of Dean's List. That's more important. So why would you even bother giving them the chance to get distracted about the Presidential Fitness Award when you have four semesters of Dean's List that probably says more about your dedication and drive than the other? So really focus in on what's important and what serves your purpose. That's great. And if girls want to learn like more about how they could work with you, how can they go ahead and do that? Yeah, so you can work with us by visiting pageantplanet.com backslash coaching. Um, So if you say, like, you know, I want to know what my first impression is. 
we can do a coaching session. We can do some mock interviews. We can take a look and really say, okay, here are the things that are tipping me off or that are distracting me from the conversation. And here are some strategies to fix it. And that way you can take it back with you, apply them on your own, and then come back and do some more coaching sessions with us and see if you're able to make those adjustments. So pageantplanet.com backslash coaching. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the Pageant Planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.